Hello and welcome back to Walks Properly Walks and See, the T5V podcast. I'm Sharayu and I'll be taking over for, from Sai for this very, very special episode today. I have with me some amazing graduating women who will be talking about their time in NC. During the course of today's discussion in this women's panel, which we, uh, which we are calling In Her Shoes, we would touch on themes of career, PORs, academics, sports, expectations and much, much more. So hello everyone. First of all, thank you so much for joining in today and I'm so excited for the discussion. Um, all of you come from diverse backgrounds and have held several prominent positions during your time in NC. So let us go around and you could introduce yourself in a line or two. Kaushika, could you start? Hi guys, I'm Kaushika. I graduated from IIT Madras with a B.Tech in Electrical Engineering. I'm working with, uh, I mean, I'm working at Texas Instruments now. During my time in NST, I was part of the uh, sports scene. Uh, I was part of the inter contingent for four years. I played basketball. And during my third year, I even had the opportunity to be the captain of the team. Uh, that's about me. Now, over to Naomi. Hello, uh, this is Naomi. Uh, I'm finishing up an integrated master's uh, from the humanities department of IIT Madras. Um, I was very involved with uh, the cult scene when I was in NST. Uh, and uh, right now I'm doing a remote graphic design internship with a UK-based charity. Incidentally, they're working to get more women and girls into STEM careers. So that's interesting. Um, over to Niharika. Hey everyone, so I'm Niharika and I recently graduated from IIT Madras with a B.Tech in Engineering Physics. While I was in INSTE, I was actively involved with both the placement team and the fifth estate. In my third year, I was the placement coach for EP. And in my fourth year, I was the executive editor of the fifth estate. Uh, this fall, I'm scheduled to start an applied physics PhD at Stanford. So that's it about me. And over to Nikita. Um, hey, everyone. I'm Nikita. Uh, I just finished with a dual degree from the Department of Biotechnology. Uh, while in NST, I tried to do a lot of things, but I was primarily associated with um, the uh, this competition called the iGEM, which uh, people from the Department of Biotech usually participate in. Uh, this fall, I'll be starting my master's at Columbia uh, in biostatistics, and it's great to be here. Uh, over to Pravalika. Uh, hey guys, I'm Pravalika. I'm graduating with a dual degree in civil engineering. I, I would be joining uh, BCG uh, in November. In my time at INSTI, I was largely involved with the tech sphere. I was also the co-curricular affairs secretary uh, for the previous academic year. And I was uh, the core uh, for Envisage for Shastra. Um, I was also involved with a lot of clubs in C5. Uh, thank you, and now I say I guess it's over to Ramya. Hi everyone, I'm Ramya, and I recently graduated with an integrated master's in development studies from the humanities and social sciences department. Uh, during my active years in INSTE, which was in second and third year, I was part of Evolve, and I was also the chairperson of the ad hoc committee on CCash. Currently, I'm working with the Indian Political Action Committee in Tamil Nadu. All right, that's everyone. So let's get right into it. Uh, so let's start with a topic that weighs on every INSTE student in varying degrees throughout their INSTE life, which is career. So being a minority in a largely technology-based engineering institute with a highly skewed gender ratio, how has the perception of being a woman in STEM shaped your career, especially in the higher education research space? Niharika, you mentioned that you'll be pursuing a PhD from Stanford in the fall. Do you want to start us off? Sure. So for me, right around the first year, I knew that I wanted to go into higher studies. I just didn't know whether that was something in STEM or maybe something that was like an MBA or finance or something like that. On the work experience front and in the academic front, 
I never ever had any bad experience where I felt like because I was a girl I was disadvantaged. I had incredible male professor mentors who guided me all the way from you know the first baby steps into your academic career all the way to the you know nitty gritties of how to write a paper and you know being frustrated with not getting progress and stuff like that so on that front the professors who i worked with in that work experience and academic environment were brilliant and i think that's one of the greatest things about iit madras at least in the physics and electrical engineering departments but i never knew that women in stem like that phrase was even a thing until around my second year when uh, there was a talk of girls reservation starting for je and it became a topic and at that point of time we actually wrote an article somewhat aligned to women in stem and women in insti for t5e where we got to speak to a lot of professors and my initial reaction to this was well i got here without any help so why is this necessary at all and i think that was a sentiment that a lot of people held at that time and when i spoke to one of the professors in that article she told me that among all the girls who get a rank worthy of a iit seat in je there are so many girls who don't choose iit and instead choose a lower ranked college just because it is their hometown or because it's closer to their hometown and that reminded me of a time when i knew this girl who was academically much more brilliant than i was but she just didn't want to step out of hyderabad because her parents were very clear that they were not going to send her outside of hyderabad and that's when i realized that this whole women in stem thing is not a handout or some sort of pity help because women need it academically it is there because there are so many social factors that determine a woman's career whether they like it or not and unless we address those obstacles we are never going to get equal representation and so that yeah. was something i came to terms with at that point later on in around my third year fourth year when i was applying for graduate school i was among the top people performing in my class i had amazing internships a pretty good resume but people would always tell me okay your profile is fine and because of women in stem you'll definitely get a good graduate admit which was when i started to realize all the connotations around women in stem when they say it with the air quotes and yeah so i think that's that's a little unfortunate because none of us here on this panel have ever worked for 3 and 1/2 4 5 years uh, thinking that they didn't have to work hard enough but yeah, yeah. i think it's 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 a important discussion to have yeah yeah that that's a very interesting point you talked about you know the social barriers that one might face in so i think nikita had a story about that about something that happened when she was in, in during an igm competition if i'm not wrong yeah that's that's correct um so what happened was i mean this was probably the first co-curricular activity uh, i participated in uh it was in second year and uh the team that i was part of uh was largely i mean actually com- entirely just male participants and i was the only female participant so uh the the actual event like the main event uh was to be held in boston and uh so everyone was like getting ready to you know making travel preparations and uh, what not and then i realized like there is this additional uh barrier that a lot of girls in insti and probably elsewhere uh like you have to suddenly think about the security aspect you know like mm. there are i mean there's this additional question that that you're asked before you travel but if you're a boy you may not be asked that so uh i i think that's that's probably uh that's probably why i didn't end up traveling that time because i could not find any female senior whose house i could stay in during the uh yeah. during the duration of the uh, the this one the competition 
and uh, I, I i was also embarrassed to say that you know this is the reason why i'm not traveling with you people so i just brushed it off saying that oh you know i have ensems and what not i always felt like secure like i was embarrassed to say that security is the reason why i was not traveling with uh, the yeah. other participants i actually wanted to add to what nikita said because i had this exact same experience in my third year when i was scheduled to go to a conference and again the entire group was all male and this was in rome and uh, you know rome it's not particularly you hear about you know all these thieves and pickpockets and this and that so my parents were very uh, worried about the group i was going with they wanted to know that maybe there was another female in the group or you know the hotel and the security and all of that whereas whenever it comes to travel or mobility you find that the guys just coalesce together in one bubble they will cram into one hotel room they'll find the seniors it just happens like that but for for us there are just a couple of extra barriers there and and i remember it was hard for me to say this to my professor explicitly like this is the reason because i felt like i was maybe diluting the professionalism or you know bringing additional baggage in diluting the science atmosphere but yeah i can definitely relate to what nikita just said yeah so i i i've done like i've done three internships through um one of it was in the same place so i just it i basically visited two places for my internship uh and both of them happened to be in uh cities where i had other relatives i can't possibly imagine a, a contrary scenario where i would have gone to like a completely new city i mean now now that i am probably traveling to a completely new city for my uh grad school that's definitely scary but for the purpose of internships it's just like or oh, you know you can just go here as this university is present in this place where abc relative lives so just go there um i mean it was lucky enough to find good universities around these places but i i don't know what i would have done if there weren't good universities yeah nihalika did you have a similar experience yeah totally i i was lucky enough to have relatives in most of the major metros in india like I think it started very early on I even before I chose IIT Madras um I had a very similar um, branch that I was eligible eligible for in IIT Kharagpur but my parents obviously strongly preferred IIT Madras and almost prayed that I got it uh, simply because it was uh, one closer to them and also I had local guardians here uh and then later i never realized this but subconsciously i would always look for internships in either hyderabad mumbai or chennai and it's only through the um course of this conversation that i realized that i did that because i felt safer there because i had family there and um i remember when i was in my second year um and i was looking at my seniors and a lot of the guys were just mailing places left and right to any part of the world for these research internships and um uh i was so when it among my seniors there were two girls in ep who both luckily were interested in quantum physics and they both mailed the same lab and they both got in and that is like a really 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 rare chance so both their parents were okay with them going because they had each other and so like okay fine you know you can go to paris like you're there for each other so it works out when you have sample sizes of like 3 4 5 people in a branch it's very very hard to expect that sort of occurrence so when it came time for me for my research internship even though i got an internship in switzerland which is one of the world's safest countries my parents still insisted to come along with me and you know they took up all the saved money from all the vacations we didn't go during je to just come along with me for that one week and make sure it was safe enough so i mean not everybody can afford to do that right and i know a lot of girls who probably must not have even tried it maybe they would rather try these internship programs where you know like there's an entire cohort of iit madras students who go to the same place and there their parents are more willing and accepting to do that but that just drives home the greater point about women in stem right 
a lot of the times it's used as such a reductive um, s- slogan to just discredit a person's hard work but if you look at it there are quite a few barriers in mobility that do affect the kinds of resume points that we end up getting the kinds of internships that we uh, end up taking so it's not as simple as to just look at somebody and just say oh of course you'll get it and i think that's one mindset change i wish people started having instead of looking at it as a sort of um help given to women because they lack academically because that's not really the case it's because there are these hidden glass ceilings there are these social factors that do inhibit you know um our performance a lot of the times yeah okay can i just say something i think samia like, wanted to ask extending from this women on women in stem thing yes like, yes, yes, yes sure okay i'll just continue from whatever yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so as niharika and nikita both of them shared their experiences i think this women in stem women in finance women in all of these fields becomes such a tag to go by and we are reduced to just being that like you're not scientists you're not social scientists you're not writers you're not doctors but you're women in whatever that field and that's something that i felt like felt during uh, PORs as well like whenever we would organize a conference or like whatever we would organize it felt like there was this one time when i realized that the team i was heading there there were no female speakers and everybody was like yeah nobody thought that was out of place and then when it struck me i was so horrified because it's not like there are no women working in that particular field it's just that our information systems work in such a way that unless we type women in certain field they won't show up and like you become reduced to just that you just become a women ceo or things like that and this is something that i was talking about with my classmate once there was some uh, lecture that was happening in insti i don't as part of some department fest i think it was doms and there was some really stud uh, ceo who was going to come she had headed some two three companies and she had some amazing experience but the topic of her lecture was women in finance and i'm just like of all the things she could be talking about of course her identity as a woman has been crucial to whatever the company's ethics are and all of that but you're not just you're not you shouldn't just be reduced to that right you can talk about so much more i don't know if she gave that topic or the department suggested that topic or whatever but it's just it shouldn't be just that she's a woman in that field and she can only talk about that there are so many other things she could be talking about and her experience as a woman how those influenced those other things it shouldn't be the central focus it should be even with the other things that she's talking about Yeah yeah that's a very valid point i think chavalika wanted to add on something to that yeah i totally i can totally relate with uh, like and agree with what ramya has uh, said about how women in x uh, is like a namesake now so when i was i was contesting for uh, secretary and when i did become the secretary a lot of people used to come and ask me uh, questions like you know as a women secretary as a female secretary what is your opinion on this and this was both from the admin side and both from the uh, from my peers and uh, and colleagues so that was something which i always felt awkward uh, uh, and you know off about and i think ramya has outlined that very nicely yeah um also another counterpart i think to this uh, women in stem or a kind of a complement also is this corporate diversity quotas that happened you know during placements and interns so how was that process like and what is your stance on it travelika you said that you, uh, you you were hired at bcg what has your experience been like the entire process Uh, yeah so the, throughout the process i did not face any uh, hurdle in terms of help with preparation or with uh, support system i have been extremely lucky to have had a great support system in 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 my friends and uh, uh, in my case group uh, etc but the problem comes here so there is this whole um, there is this whole uh, i don't know 
some kind of a notion that it's easier for girls to get into uh, uh, play, uh, companies whether it's placements or interns because of the apparent corporate diversity right so whenever a girl gets placed into a, a devan company or gets an intern at a devan company uh, you will definitely hear the word that oh uh, she got she just got it because yeah she was a girl and this was something i heard throughout my uh, preparation also whenever i used to contact someone for fun days i heard this very often that you know what you do not have to be better than everyone else you just have to be best among the girls uh which is kind of hurtful because uh, like i was giving my best to the whole process and i was putting my best effort and to be told that you know what you need not even put that much effort you just going to make it because you're like it's like a separate section uh that is kind of a trivialization of a girl's achievement and this is not seen when a guy gets placed into it obviously to anything obviously uh, i also have an experience from this uh, so i was sitting for internships um for a company and right so this company had a weird a uh, group interview format where there were going to be five interviewees and some three interviewers and the the group of five that i was a part of had three girls and two boys uh, just before we entered the uh, the room there was some senior who was standing outside he was he he was telling the other two guys you know what you guys are unlucky because there are three girls on this panel your chances of getting hired are going to be like very very less it's it's extremely hurtful and like a such a trivialization of a girl's achievement uh, is that's yeah. what i basically felt yeah um, even uh, ramya you also went through the process the placement process how was your experience like yeah so for me it was a little different because i was an hs student and just having hs people on the short list was sort of uh, not something a lot of people were happy with uh, <laughs> so i did nobody said that to me directly obviously but i did hear of from friends and other people that you know this person didn't get the short list but you did and she was talking about how she's not happy about it things like that but i didn't really pay much attention to it the added the pressure i felt at that time was of being an hs student going through the case prep process because uh, it felt like uh, all over again i was being a representative of my department where i had to get all the math right all the processes right and just not make even one single mistake so i mean my case group was me and my friend from the same department ratnika we would go for all cases together because we were so intimidated and you know just we felt really insecure just going through the whole process so it was for me it wasn't i didn't really face uh, the oh you're a woman you're going to get this quota seat anyway for me it was more about navigating that hs identity during the placement thing but i do remember when i was talking to a senior from my department who had gone through the process and he had even previously expressed some uh, like he was salty that most of these companies even when they're shortlisting hs students they shortlist hs girls and he told me in those terms that this company which is a development uh, consultancy is definitely going to take at least one hs girl so you have to like that shouldn't be too tough for you and i mean after being in mst for 5 years in a department like hs where you had these conversations over and over again you just reach that point where you can't have these conversations again so at that point i was just like okay i am going to let this go for the sake of our whatever this mentorship friendship thing is and just continue doing whatever i'm doing but yes i do remember even hearing no, this wasn't in my placement year but the previous year when i was just chilling with some other people and i hear, remember hearing from a techy senior and she was talking about how uh, yeah i really don't need to put too much i have this girls quota thing when i'm sitting for consult and i was really shocked to hear that because she was somebody who i think had one of the most impressive profiles that i had seen and for her to say something like this and to you know belittle her achievements and feel that she was going to get a job just because she was a woman was really shocking i mean i spent the pre 5 years calling out boys on sexist behavior but it just becomes a lot more difficult when girls start believing it themselves too right so i yeah. mean obviously it's really tough to navigate all of these multiple things that are happening around you but yeah these are something that i have gone through well. yeah yeah uh, even 
Kaushika, you also went through the placement process, right? Was your uh, experience also similar to? Uh, I would say my experience was completely different. Uh, oh. I. I mean, I sat for like a handful of core companies where the number of people who sat for those number of girls who sat for those companies was itself less. And proportionally, the number of girls who got recruited in those companies was also less. I never felt that the gender factor ever came into my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's very interesting, actually. And Niharika, you were the EP placement core. You must have seen the other side of it from, you know, the company's perspective. Can you give some insight? Yeah, I mean, the fact to be underscored here is no company is benevolent or woke enough to just hand out free jobs to people just because they're girls. Like, that's not happening. The amount of money they're investing in every person that they recruit with the benefits and the salary and all that, it's just easy to say. But that being said, even within that, there are a handful of companies that come on day one, maybe day two, who even consciously look at the gender distribution among the people who they hire. Like Kaushika said, there are a lot of core companies that don't ever bring this up at all. But even within the companies that do, there are a couple of, say, CS companies that like to do this because they realize that having a larger woman workforce is better for the women who are already working at their company. So the optics turn into something a little petty only because if a company is coming and they say we only want to take cs btech people and then they want to see if they can hire a woman a lot of the times there's only one two three cs btech girls so it looks like there are seven companies running after three candidates whereas they're not that keen about the boys but it's it's not the same as you know it's not the same argument as they're hiring girls just because they're girls it's it's a little more nuanced than that and i think a good example to like really drive this point home is that we're not mentally used to what a stud or a god girl is supposed to look like right like we're not sure if they can be feminine enough or pretty enough or like how much is the enough because you would have heard about this recent story where this um, miss india finalist cracked upsc right but we Mm. accept this because we hold upsc in a high regard and we think it's an objective process so now we feel okay she's worthy but if the same girl got into any one of these you know day one companies the narrative would be very very different Instead of looking at her intelligence or her worth, you'd be like, oh, she's a Miss India finalist. Of course, she got in. Which is very reductive, right? I think with women, that's the thing. Not only do you have to be qualified for the recruiter, but then you have to be qualified in the eyes of all the commentators there, present at the hostel and, you know, wherever this is happening, which I think is a little unfortunate. Yeah, that is very true. And coming back to this very interesting point you mentioned somewhere in the middle about we don't know what a woman stud or a god looks like, right? We don't have that conception. So, yeah, it, it is important to have, you know, women mentors or, you know, just like peer groups that, you know, one can go through for guidance and can tell you all of these things, ki, you know, this is all valid and you're qualified. So in in, which brings me to my next question, which is um, in spaces where you are more often than not one of the only girls there, was it challenging to find, you know, the right mentor or the right career guidance? Um, yeah, Nikita, do you want, do you have a take on this? Yeah, I actually do. So I think Niharika, um, her points regarding not being, not seeing a woman as in the role of a mentor is very, very valid and is something that uh, a lot of us can relate to. Uh, but uh, when it comes to like career guidance and like professional stuff, I feel like a lot of us, uh, I mean, especially I can, uh, I'd never have the, I'd never faced any difference in terms of going to a, a male mentor as such versus a female mentor. But that being said, it would, I mean, representation definitely matters. And uh, especially when you're trying to, like, say, go for a conference or when you're trying to go and study at a place where 
uh, normally people would raise like security issues and whatnot. So mm-hmm. you would definitely like to see more women in roles that you aspire to be. So I, I think there uh, is definitely a need for uh, mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. more representation. Yeah, right. an offshoot of this is also the importance of having academic peers that you know you can go on that mm-hmm. career journey with. Niharika, you you were talking about this also. Yeah, I think I had a very unique experience because EP is such a small branch, right? It's it's maximum intake is thirty, and in our year there were twenty eight people and three girls, and because EP was a mix of electrical engineering and physics, and there were three girls, one of us was interested in electrical, one of us was interested in physics, one of us was. not interested in either of the above and we came to those conclusions fairly early on so right from a first year our paths radically diverged the courses you take the schedules you take the opportunities you run after everything's very different and i think this is very common among a lot of branches where the number of girls are very few because you never have company in any of those academic or career goal points that you're looking for um when i was uh, mailing people with no end for research internships or applying with, for all these programs or even applying for graduate school i found it extremely difficult to you know bump into someone in the mess and have a conversation about it where they would understand right like i think among my entire 2016 batch there were three girls who applied for a phd in totality and so i think for the boys what tends to happen is like among the 28 people among the 28 people of ep among the 25 guys you know if you wanted to go for placements if you wanted to go for higher studies if you wanted to go for a research internship you will always find somebody from your branch who's going through the exact same thing with you so there's some companion to like talk about this whole process with and when you're talking about the larger departments like electrical or mechanical there the commonalities go through to like you can pick and choose all the way to do they come from your city do they speak your language just the luxury of choice and having a peer group is just immense and i think for women in general in insti once you choose to move away from the mainstream it's harder to find a peer group that understands and is supportive the only difference is with women what constitutes hatke is a very very low bar like applying for phd itself is like an offshoot from the mainstream so that i think is you know a little unfortunate yeah yeah um also what you were talking about you know the availability of just like the choice of you know peers that you can have for companionship it I, like we can yeah so we can um, yeah i so on a tangent to that so uh, let's talk about you know the insti experience right so everyone talks about having you know a quintessential wing you know or a friends group for life you know that they like they watch like dil chahta hai and be like yeah <laughs> so especially amongst the boys as, as you mentioned so were you also able to find something like this during your time in insti so um ramya you uh, are uh, you being from the hs department where there was there's a much better gender ratio so did you have an easier time in this regard you know finding a peer group and you know just your yeah gang of girls absolutely so uh, in our class there's actually more girls than boys and these girls were the ones who became my uh, closest friends in nc and this was the case from the first day of orientation itself where we all realized somehow that okay we are all from ma at that time we didn't know we were from hs so we called it ma <laughs> yeah so we somehow just bonded over that and we fortunately at that time our rooms in uh, saryu hostel were also such that our we became each other's roommates like we all had hs roommates we were classmates so we were staying together and these were the people i always felt at home with and even though i went on to make a decent number of techie friends from pors and all of that i would always come back to these girls and generally discuss all our frustrations and fears and whatever like yeah generally these were the people i spoke to the most and i knew and obviously we had our differences we had 
times when we all felt lonely even though we were living in a wing of like 13 people we had those moments as well but there were also some really nice moments that now when i think about it especially seeing how our instead life was cut short it's you know that sepia tinted uh, nice college montage things that come in movies i feel like it was <laughs> but it, i can't discount the fact that there were tough times as well but having these people around was definitely a huge positive thing for me new mm-hmm. mm-hmm. me even you are from the hs department did you did you also have a similar experience uh it was kind of the opposite if you look at it from the shape of it from ramya's so although i am part of the same wing group as ramya's and um, it's it's a blessing for me because we are all very close and we are a source of strength and support for each other um but during my first two three years i was i felt quite alienated from the department and i tended to seek out friends outside the department uh and then i you know i i eventually came back to the hs department and solidified my friendship with my wingmates um so one thing that really helped is that we had the vocabulary to uh discuss with each other our experiences for example if one of us uh encountered an example of like subtle sexism not obvious threatening things like catcalling or stalking but something that came up in conversation or the way that somebody treated somebody else it really helped that we knew how to talk about it and we knew how to like reassure each other that this is not something that should be happening <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah also koshika you were a part of the basketball team for 4 years so did that kind of help uh, in you finding you know your peer group and your girl gang because like team sports uh, in general are known to foster very strong bonding uh we don't really call ourselves the girl gang actually yeah. ironically our team is called uh, the madras stags which is like stags are male <laughs> oh i did find my closest and most trusted friends uh, while playing basketball i mean these are people that i've spent every evening of my last 4 years with and mm-hmm. they've seen me at my absolute worst like they've seen me cry after losing matches and they've also seen me at my best so uh like that formed a very strong bond i would say and of course attending all those training camps uh during the summer or the winter where we would play for 6 hours a day and then like you're just dead for the rest of the day we were put in situations where we had to take care of each other nurse injuries and all of that so that uh, led to strong bonds also i want to talk about the sort of uh, friendships that we formed across teams in sports so uh like all of this happens around december when we are uh, practicing for intrity but we've always found that there's so much to uh, learn from the other teams and there are people who are inspiring us from the other teams and i would say this is a big factor that uh, you know the, the sort of a bonding that we have at iit madras is one of the biggest factors why we were able to win women's gcl intrity for four years in a row obviously we uh, we owe a lot of the success to all the brilliant individual players that we have had but this wouldn't have been possible without the teams that we built yeah i was actually wondering um beyond sports uh the difference between the wing sizes in general in hs versus techies because um at least with kaushika i remember how so much of our schedule was so kaushika is in electrical engineering and i'm in ep so a lot of our acads are quite similar up until the second year so mm-hmm. our branch and our academic schedule has a lot to uh, do with how close that wing stays together and for how long because i think that primarily determines your schedule right i think um, like remember in up until fourth sem the electrical mm-hmm. and ep uh, girls just hung out as one entity primarily because we were going to all the classes together all the labs together and all of that so it felt great because the electrical engineering girl group is a lot larger than just ep ep so yeah. it yeah so we always had company like the day before the like the night before the quiz you know that i would always hear guys say oh we'll go to this guy's room the night before the quiz and he'll just teach us everything 
so we had that in the first year when we all had common courses and then a little bit as long as ep was able to like hang on to the elec peer group but after that uh, changed after the academic parts diverged i found that we all just split up into smaller smaller pieces as opposed to a large wing and i wonder if that has to do with just how much academics determine whether a wing stays together because in boys as well i think it's the branch that is the primary common thread in the wings right i mean that can yeah, also think... sort of sorry sorry kashika go ahead no no you go ahead you go ahead i'm saying that sort of explains why there are so few wings which have hs and techie people like i i in like even though i had peers where you know there were okay in those teams there were maybe two other girls apart from me and never really formed close bonds that i mean i couldn't really like they weren't people that i hung out with outside of the por and things mm-hmm. like that and that's something that really bothered me and the late not bothered me exactly but it i did it, i did wonder about it like why is it that we only i'm only friends with uh, hs girls and techie boys it's really uh, it really makes you think yeah yeah kashika you think yeah so i was never part of a big wing in my first couple of years like obviously i'll go to the elec and elec wings to study and spend a lot of time there during the quiz week and ensems but then my wing research was never fixed i was just in a triple room with two other roommates and wherever every year we we'll just move to a different place but all three of us used to stick together but then i remember making the choice of shifting from a triple room to three single rooms simply because at that point all three of us are from different branches our academic schedules were just like way too different right we were like okay uh, first couple of years we were free we hung out but now we need that sort of you know space right. and that's when we took the decision to move into single rooms right okay. yeah so at uh, so, uh, that that's i think that's an important fact to highlight because a lot of times when we look at insti life in general the wing is such a big part of it and i never realized that that's something very male specific not because a girl can't be in a wing but if you just look at the dynamics of why a wing stays together how that wing is formed and all of that it's primarily because there are so many of them in every department and every year they get assigned rooms like that as well i think in our year in 2016 we were in uh, saryu hostel we were just assigned rooms randomly uh, in the order in which we arrived so and when you see by the time girls graduate in the fourth year fifth year in the techies it's usually groups of 2 3 4 but you never have these like mega wings the way the guys have them with all their suits on uh, the degree photo taking day like these enormous gangs like it it doesn't happen it doesn't happen yeah um let's just yeah just bringing the discussion back okay. to yeah to the nc experience right so another big part of the nc experience is pors so all of you have held positions at various levels of the hierarchy and across different spheres so does having more women on the team make a difference especially in leadership roles um let's talk about the cultural scene first Naomi, you were the Sharaf uh, sock sec during its heyday, and you were also very active in the music scene. And like everyone knows you, so can you talk? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, before the sock sec stuff, the other semi leadership experience that I had was uh, with graphic design. My graphic design teams didn't really involve a lot of interaction, other than like helping with ideation, and then after that, constant mails and messages saying, "Please finish this design. We need to print it, mm-hmm. or we need to post it, or things like that." Mm-hmm. So the biggest POR that I had, arguably, was uh, as Sharaf Saksek. Obligatory mention of uh, Ranjini, who was my lipsec. She shouldered more than half the burden, and she's very skilled also in the cult scene, and I used to be quite close to her. uh soxic was a pretty mixed experience on the one hand it was really rewarding um, to work with enthu people to put for litsock events these were usually juniors and some fellow batchmates and um, a few seniors uh but the other 
hostels, the UG boys hostels, they definitely considered Sharav and other. I hope that's changed, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised if it hasn't. Uh, and this, this was, I mean, the rationale I heard for this was some funda that Sharav had an, an unfair advantage because of the number of its residents or the number of the proportion of its freshie population or something like that. Which, I mean, I guess I don't have an answer to that because that's not in my hands. It was never in my hands. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it didn't stop us from doing our job or what people think is proof that we did our job. Um, and aside from the Queen of Sheba hostel rivalry and chants, oh, which were gloriously misogynistic. <laughs> I personally don't recall other instances of sexism. Uh, in fact, Ranjini and I later became good friends with the other hostel litsecs who were who were who shared our tenure so that was nice um towards the end of the tenure i got quite burnt out um and one major reason was hostel nights so i never really understood the point of hostel nights either because i'm hugely antisocial and shy or uh, because both hostel nights that i helped organize were uh, the most significant thing about them was some extremely mean seniors um <laughs> So, I mean, I didn't make mistakes, but they were disproportionately mean to my mistakes and what I think. Uh, yeah, other cult stuff. Uh, in my five years in INSTI, I went for two out-of-state cult competitions, which is not a lot. Uh, this was because of uh, various parental degrees, such as, you know, this is not a priority for you, especially when you are constantly cupping a cat, which I was. Um, and there was quite a bit of... You know, travel is not safe for girls. So if you don't have the full itinerary and the full travel plans, yeah. you can't go. And this is, of course, good practice, irrespective of your gender. Uh, but uh, it took time for me to accept that and to quiz my friends and to figure out what their plans were or like if they hadn't organized properly to push them to organize properly. <laughs> and uh, when I was active in the music club, I noticed a gender split. Uh, most proficient instrumentalists there were male. There were some exceptions. Uh, but this was, I noticed this as a problem, especially while organizing hostel uh, band competitions. Um, and while there were male vocalists, most of the females in the music club were vocalists. And I still wonder why that is. Uh, considering the INSTI's overall lack of co-working spaces for mixed genders, the music room definitely helped. Um, but that closed at midnight. That wasn't helpful because most bands came into existence shortly before performances. So yeah, we needed all the time we could get. Um, so when we were discussing the content for this earlier, Niharika and Ramya mentioned uh, the cool senior syndrome in, in, in certain cult groups. Um, mm -hmm. in, my, in the music club, it wasn't sexist, but it was very genre elitist. So most of my friends in the music club looked down on pop music, which was, as a freshie, my self-avowed self -avowed favorite genre. Um, because it was, it's not musically complex for instrumentalists. So this was discouraging for me personally. I'm both a vocalist and an instrumentalist. Um, uh, but yeah, on the plus side, it introduced me to a lot of new music and new genres. So when I say mm -hmm. I listen to everything now, it's a little more true. <laughs> <laughs> and I had the privilege of working with some really talented and inspiring musicians and they remain my close friends. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so Everybody else spoke about uh, difficulties in their POR where there were few girls amongst a lot of boys. But I think my experience was completely different because I was leading a set of girls. And throughout my captaincy year, I had trouble putting a team together. Like at the end when we went to Inter-IT, when the team size was 11 back then, I did not have 11 players to make a team. I had only 10 people. And this is kind of like very contrasting to the general perception about women's teams in INSTI, which says that uh, a girl's team, it's very easy to get in. Which I think stems from the fact that a lot of uh, players, we don't have a lot of players. Anybody can get into the team, but then there's a lot of hard work that, you know, goes into making, uh, making it into the team. Yeah, one of the reasons why I had a tough time putting a team together was because people thought uh, sports was too difficult and the culture was not inviting enough. So that is something that I concentrated throughout my uh, captaincy year and my successes I've also concentrated on. And the amazing uh, bonding and culture that I was talking about earlier did not happen all the time. It's something that, you know, came through a couple of years of building. And the seniors in the team were very instrumental in making this happen. I think that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I joined Evolve in my second year. 
and uh, this was when i knew nobody in the team like it was people i had seen around in sti and all of that but i personally did not know anyone and i was really uh, not very comfortable initially because uh, being an hs girl in these uh, groups it somehow means you become you become responsible for like calling out political in- uh, incorrectness plus some sort of consciousness raising plus a mini social science education and everything so uh, and the team was one where you know there were i think four girls and some 25 boys something like that and and it was just um, there were a lot of times when people would say something very maybe it was subtle for them but not as subtle for me uh, sexist and i it it took me some time to actually start calling them out on those things because again i was just a second year i did not know how i would be accepted in this team and i wanted to not rub anybody the wrong way because that would just mean that it makes it a really bad experience for me but when i did start getting not okay with this i started calling them out a lot and it became a source of amusement for a lot of people because then sometimes they would start saying things just to trigger me and all of that or not all of it was i mean it wasn't just to like give me a bad time or anything they were also probably navigating their own uh preconceptions and uh, conditioning which i understand i i was probably the only hs person they knew so they had all of these questions about my department what i study if i really studied to get into iit and things like that but for me they weren't the only techy guys i knew right there were multiple techy guys that i was having these discussions with so it became really exhausting after a point but definitely i i my friends techy friends that i've made were through these pours and these are the people that over the years i did become quite close to we had a lot of good discussions mm-hmm. and all of that i continued being friends only with the guys who were open to these discussions there were a lot of people in these teams who were not open to it which i did not pursue too much because it wasn't healthy for me either uh, mm-hmm. but i definitely had a much easier experience of this when uh, in my year as head like when i became a super coach because by then i had already had these conversations with a lot of people on the team and they mm-hmm. sort of took my side when something like this came up with juniors or newcomers mm-hmm. on the team who were who were prone to saying these things anyway right because for boys some reason uh hu- a lot of them for them humor translates into sexist jokes so to ha- make mm-hmm. that stop you have to keep calling it out and things like that and again it's that conditioning and all of that but when you have other people who you've already spoken to about these things who will support you when you call them out or ha- start having these conversations it definitely makes it easier then again it d- did take a toll on me again because i was leading a group of guys who didn't know me at all i didn't know them and i felt like even if it wasn't imposed from my course or my course supervisor i felt like i had to work a little harder and i couldn't you know make any mistakes i had to put in that extra time to be taken seriously and mm-hmm. to be taken seriously meant that i get like i asked them i called like i tell them to do the work on time but i also had to somehow become friends with them because mm-hmm. this team was mm-hmm. very very it like that bonding and friendships within the team was central to evolve so yeah i mean there were all of these things that uh, i had to navigate and it i i definitely had a great time during the pur overall like in hindsight that did form a very major part of my insti life but it t- took a toll on me that i didn't really want to climb the pur ladder mm-hmm. after that yeah and adding on to that uh, it it must get uh, like as you said to be you know the to be taken seriously by people and then you had to navigate all of these roles it must become more difficult as you climb the pur ladder uh, pravalika you were at the very top <laughs> you became the cocas how how was that experience like can you give some insight to that front yeah so i was largely involved with the uh, technical sphere i was a part of multiple clubs in cpi and i was also a part of uh, envisage which is an, a department under shastra uh, and so my experience over here was i was one of the very very few girls uh, 
in my coordinator year that is in my first and second years uh, there were uh, in a team of 30 to 35 i i was one of the three girls and what i have noticed is that uh, having more women on the teams definitely makes a difference because it makes it easier for the girls to socialize uh, i was like uh, so when it i think naomi has mentioned it earlier so like guys just like make spontaneous plans okay let's go for a, a movie at 9 o'clock uh, in the night today and i was often found to be the bus kid i'm like um sorry guys i think i need to take permission my parents might not agree for a late night movie yeah how am i going to return from phoenix at 12 o'clock with 28 yeah. other guys uh, and why mm-hmm. I, why do i have so my parents also used to ask these questions uh, like why do you have to hang out with this group can't you find other yeah. girls like why do you have yeah. to hang out with 28 other guys so and so it's it, it is definitely more helpful to have more women and especially in the leadership roles because then if there uh, so i as a coordinator might have not uh, felt as comfortable to openly state that you know what uh, like uh, you know i cannot hang out with this many guys it's hard for me to get permission from my parents but as a super coach or a coach she would have understood understood it on her own and you know uh, she would yeah. have maybe made the team bonding activities more accessible you know like uh, let's not go for a 9 pm movie let's go for maybe a 6 pm or a midnight or a moon movie or anything like that so it it definitely helps when women are in leadership roles because they would empathize and they would actually think of all these things and so uh, and when i was in envisage none of my uh, like friends or co-coordinators of course ever saw me differently they never they were never sexist or anything but and one of the issues ended up being just that because they just considered me a part of the guy gang and they would do spontaneous plans and i wouldn't be able to go and be a part of it so they just uh, like they forgot that i was a girl and that i needed to get this permission i needed to have like planned activities with planned itineraries and like i had to tell my friends so that was one of the issues and another thing is this definitely uh, causes a hurdle in going up the hierarchy because one of the most important things when you look at whether it's uh, applying for a coachship position or when uh, it's contesting an election you need to be able to socialize easily with respect to guys they easily run into each other at mess at zaitun uh, near their hostels etc as a girl i was so cut off from the school scene uh, my mess was different so like and with, coming from a team which had large number of guys i would never run into my co-coaches or co-coordinators or coordinators or coordinators so i always had to put in an extra effort to go outside of my routine and you know meet them and bond with them and this is something i uh, noticed even when i was the secretary so the previous secretary wamsi he he had a great bond with all the all of the coaches which was pretty easy for him Uh, i which i really realized later because he used to run into them uh, in in mess near hostels or zaitun etc but for me i had to go out of my way to go ahead and bond with this course with the people that i was supposed to work with for the whole of my tenure uh, because i would not easily run into them so yeah, um, that, yeah that kind of links uh, us to kind of the next issue that i actually wanted to bring up which is that of co-working spaces right there are or the lack thereof in insti so i mean maybe would you do you think you would have an easier time if there were just like more co-working spaces that were you know you had access to right especially during your election campaign oh definitely it would have definitely helped uh because elections is a pain enough uh, just with, even without the whole co-working space but just to put the attention on how much of a pain the lack of co-working spaces is let me just give you an insight into it so uh, so the thing with elections is that you have you need like a proper space to work on uh, to to work on your manifesto to work on your pitches to get feedback on how you are talking and uh, all of that right so this requires a lot of space for your team and yourself but uh, the thing is so for a guy if you look at it from a guy's perspective it's pretty easy because they can just go to one of their rooms they can sit uh, do all the planning practice all the pitching do all the strategizing etc but for me since the guys are still closes at 9 for, for uh, the entry to guys are still closes at 9 uh, we would have to shift to work till 2 and then again we would have to shift to 
Narmad bus stop because Quark closes at two o'clock. So this meant mm-hmm. that a lot of me and my friends. I am lucky to have such good friends who are bunking classes and finding free slots throughout the day to like gather in some common room and uh, just like ideate stuff and then go back again to classes and then come back. So this was a huge pain, and not everybody would be up for this pain. Uh, not every girl would be comfortable comfortable enough to visiting a guy's hostel. I myself was not in the beginning, but I, not many. Go- I think it's is a hurdle because not everybody would be open to the idea of that. And having a lot more co-working spaces would definitely help. Uh, another issue that I I have faced throughout uh, is that uh, whether it's a C five, it it so happens in many C five projects and in course projects as well that you end up being. the only girl in a team of let's say four or five and there is a good chance that these four or five are from the same hostel or uh, from nearby hostels yeah. so even if you meet up for discussions in a like set venue like let's say library or your department classroom or something uh, while going back they would still have some discussion which you would definitely miss out or they would still run into yeah. their uh, run into each other and a lot of times it so happened that these four or five people just alienated me left me out of the discussion met 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 uh, each other in their uh, common rooms or rooms and they were like you know what probably got chill we have already discussed like like we'll just go ahead and plan uh initially i found it tough to stand up uh, for myself because i thought maybe i am causing a discomfort to these people by asking them to like come all the way from guys hostel to library okay. but uh, it was later but thankfully i did realize that i should be more assertive with this and be like you know what i am a part of the team too let me just be a part of the discussion let uh, even if it's slight pain for you guys to come to library please please come to library and uh, again another another point which i said earlier that uh, having a woman in leadership helps is because when i became a, a c5 uh, club coordinator uh, super coordinator and core i made it a point i brought it to the notice that a lot of c5 projects the girls were feeling left out because the guys would just start working from their hostels and so we just made it a point that you know what at least for the initial first month come to c5 and work here right in front of your eyes C5, which is an accessible space to everyone, just so that you mm-hmm. get to use the to the to- team bonding while a feeling. Mm-hmm. And once that is there, everybody would kind of understand each other's position and you know mm-hmm. make adjustments accordingly. Yeah, yeah, that's a very interesting point about yeah. co-working spaces. I actually wanted to add to what Pravalika says. Like none of us even knew about all the extra hurdles that Pravalika had to go to just to contest, yeah. right? Yeah. I think that in itself speaks a lot that she had to, uh, you know, go to a guys' hostel and then go to Quark and then go to a bus stop. Like these are the extra barriers that a lot of people don't even know that none mm-hmm. of us knew until she told us. Mm-hmm. And when she was talking about her POR experiences, her and Naomi as well, I was looking back at a couple of my POR experiences, and Sharu and I have both been in the placement team, and we both had a really great experience out of it. I think one of the big reasons was because there was a co-working space, and that was the placement office. And that placement office was so close to Sharab Hostel, and yet it was so comfortable a space that it was worth it for these guys to come all the way from hostel to the placement office. So it it worked. That was the reason it worked. You would see these guys; they would always be calling up companies. They would be doing all of this in the placement office every evening. And so when I was even when i wasn't um, like in a leadership role while i was a dpc everybody else in the ep team was male but i was lucky because the core at the time made it a point to make me feel included in all of those discussions so it's very important for whoever is a core to understand that it's not just the job but you have to be very inclusive to all the diversity in your group and mm-hmm. later even as a core team member the next year i remember all the team meetings the big team meetings always happened in um, the ppt hall so it was never like i was missing out on keen info and whenever it did uh, like some discussions happened in the hostel i had core team members who would call me up immediately and tell me you know this 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 happened what do you think so i felt like that space just ended up becoming very luckily inclusive but also mm-hmm. the co-working space really helped i i had to realize that until she pointed it out mm-hmm. yeah that's a very valid point but uh, 
is how is the sport scene like koshika so is is space uh, also an issue there um in hostels especially so sharaf just has that one multi purpose quaddy where all sports activities <laughs> take place yeah, yeah but then then ice cream night and everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything happens there yeah uh, but then there also you know these dedicated timings in the gym khana and also in the pool for women so what are your thoughts on that Uh, so right now the scenario is that we have dedicated timings at the pool and the gym and also i'm not sure how many people are aware of this we have a women's gym that has been set up in sabarmati like you can create a gym card and like everybody can access throughout the day so that's something that's happened in the last one year and it's good uh, regarding spaces there's something that i want to talk about the common insti coach that we all use right so usually if you take any sport there are like two coaches one for the guys and one for the girls and many uh, and most of the times except for when there's like shorter and matches these coaches are not per se booked for us like there is no writing anywhere that says these coaches are booked for us so other people like the general gsb is also allowed to come and play so every day at the basketball courts there will be like some 10 15 guys who want to play who are not part of the team or the practice sessions and it would always be us like the girls giving up half our court and the guys will get to keep their full court and their like their normal practice will go on but then we had to adjust with half court and back then we didn't have enough number of people turning up to practice like our practice would have like some 10 people and the boys will have 20 people so we we didn't get that leverage to you know argue and say we want a full court but nowadays we have lots lot more people and now we have started putting our foot down saying no if you want to play then you have to play later so this is also one of the things that uh, i am hoping the uh, upcoming sports secretary and in the next years uh, like it has to become a rule even right now it's not a rule but because our coach is there behind us we are able to you know put our foot down and say we won't give up our court but in the future uh, it should never come to that point right like why should why should we give up and uh, the regarding what you said about the sharab quadi uh, what i am concerned about is more about the utilization of that space rather than the fact that we have a smaller space than the guys uh, like we have a very good sports budget every year and last couple of years the sports secretaries have made sure that the sharab sports cabinet is full of equipment but then there's not enough usage of this equipment the people who really want to play are that 40 50 odd people who are already part of the sports teams and they go to the insti courts and play like if you would walk into one of the boys hostels you would always see like a bunch of people playing i don't know whatever it it could be it could be anything but then it's very rare that you see such recreational play inside our hostels and as you said that space is very multi purpose you could play anything there like you can play like football or uh, there's badminton volleyball throwball you could play a lot of things but then i don't see enough people making use of that space so i think for now we should uh, focus on how we can utilize that space better than compare it to the boys and say hey we don't have so much space mm-hmm. yeah that's a that that's actually a great point and a great note to end part 1 of our conversation but there but there are still a lot of things left to discuss catch the next and final part of this special panel of walks properly walks in city tomorrow so stay safe and stay tuned thank you